This was our final bonus podcast. No more bonuses. I know, so sad. You guys don't get to. (laughs) Wow. Our job is to help you win. Destination is I will be a disciple who can make disciples. We got to watch people see themselves as world changers. Hello, and welcome back to the Disciples Made podcast. Hello. My name (laughs) is Hannah. Phipps, podcast director, and I am joined by Brian Phipps, and today we are going to be doing the fifth and final bonus episode about how the word movement got involved with Disciples Made and what this whole 50-50 thing is about. So, Dad? Yes, ma'am? You talk about the word movement a lot. Right. Um, let's dive in and talk about why this word is so important with you and with disciples made. And then maybe let's dig in a little bit and what actually classifies a movement to you. Well, I'd like to start by saying movement was not a part of my vocabulary for a very long time because that's what real apostolic and visionary leaders talked about. And I wasn't one of them. And so that escaped my, um, you know, vocabulary for a really, really long time. And if you're a listener listening in you, and you feel that way, hopefully this will be a strong encouragement to you to start allowing that to be a part of uh, your own sphere of influence. It started for me um, when I was up at Community Christian Church in Naperville, Illinois. We're a part of the New Thing Network that's headed up by Dave and John Ferguson and team around them there. They also uh, kind of help spearhead the exponential experiences uh, around the country, if you're familiar with that. So it was up there and uh, at one of their regional gatherings and trainings, they talked about their definition of movement and it was in relation to church plants, which I've planted a church, but that's, I'm more passionate about disciple making than I am church planting, but they gave a definition of a movement in regards to church planting that I found to be very intriguing. And they basically used the model that Paul uses in 2 Timothy 2.2 when he tells Timothy there to take the things that he has taught Timothy, so generation one to generation two, Timothy, he tells Timothy to pass them on to people that can teach others those things. So in 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul spells out a four-generational model as kind of the standard for disciple-making. And so they used that four-generation language from Paul to describe what a movement is in regards to church planting. And so they said, if one church plants at least two other churches and two of those two churches actually plant churches that plant churches. So four generations from the first church down to the last church. If you do that on multiple strands, those two churches, you have a movement. And I thought, you know, I've, you know, how the name disciples made, we've made disciples. Do I, how, do I have people, disciples that I have helped make who have made other disciple making disciples who've invested in other disciples. That was the question that was going on in my mind as they were spelling out that definition for church plants. And so I made it a note, you know, when I get back to town, back to Kansas City, I get the team together and we'll get the whiteboard, you know, uh, stuff out, clear it off, and we'll just start at the beginning. Brian, who are the people that Brian's invested in, the disciples that would be made, that consider themselves disciple makers of others? And then, you know, just map this thing out. 
put circles, you know, and lines to, to kind of diagram it. And I found out that we were, we actually had much more than a movement already going. We had three different disciple makers had gotten into the fourth generation. One of those had actually popped into the fifth and we had four or five people that were actually still in the three generations. So we realized, man, we've got a definition of a movement. So that's how that word became valuable and important to me. We were actually doing it and that became language that inspired the multiplication that was already at the core of my heart. That's really exciting. I actually, now that you're talking about it, remember walking into your office one day and seeing like all these bubbles (laughs) on your whiteboard and being like, what? Why is he drawing one of these? Like what's going on? And then you explained it and I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I remember I've got that picture saved in my photos. We yes. actually counted it all up. We had moved from that first group of 11 into however many groups that was, but it represented well over 500 people at that time. And then we did it again a few years later, and that number included those churches that were doing it outside of Westside, and the number was over 2,100. It's crazy, crazy how quickly that's that hockey stick. Start slow and let it expand through multiplication. That's awesome. So you have a goal in mind here and you have a vision. You're working towards something and that is the 50 disciple making movements in 50 cities by the year 2040. And you can actually see this on the Disciples Made website. It has real time information, which is really cool. Um, Tell me a little bit how did you come up with that? How did you come up with the 50 disciple making movements in 50 cities by the year 2040? I'll fly through this story as quickly as I can, but it's pretty cool to just unpack, you know, how it evolved. When I came back and realized that we had a movement, I thought, well, if a guy that's as, you know, my, my, my bulb isn't very bright. I don't, I don't consider myself one of the sharpest guys in this effort, but I've never been a guy that has, you know, strong confidence, just low self-esteem. I've just kind of worked myself out of a lack of courage into a modicum of courage that's gotten here. So I thought if I can do this movement thing, anybody can. So I just started inviting uh, small group leaders, um, discipleship pastors, pastors, whoever would be interested to come hang out once a month and let's talk about the things that have happened here at Westside so that you could also start to move toward movement. And that's where a lot of the language and in fact our three-year cohort process has actually emerged out of that where we actually walk with whoever wants to do this. You sign up for this year-long thing. It's nine meetings across a year. And over three years, you actually get to movement on your own. So we, it's, it's crazy. That's part of the strategy for how to get to this goal. But it all started with just inviting people to the table to talk about it and to hold each other accountable. And during that time, I had this picture. And again, this was inspired the next year I went up to the New Thing Network. Dave Ferguson was up on the stage and he was telling the story about how some guy come and poke him in the chest and said, you know what my biggest problem with you is and Ferguson says what and he says my vision or my dream of what God can do through your life is bigger than your dream and so he challenged Dave to write on a napkin what's a big hairy audacious goal you know Hybels and others in the past have used that BHAG as this as a, as a term for this big dream that God would put in your heart so he challenged us and he then we reached under our chair and there was a napkin there and he said write that dream on a napkin first thing that came to my mind 50 of these disciple making movements in Kansas City by 2025. So I wrote it on the napkin. Rob Wegner was sitting in the chair next to me. I showed it to him. He goes, that is totally it. So I come back 
And you know, when you're when you come up with something like that, you wonder: is that God, or is that just my ego, mm-hmm. or you know, did I do I have a stomach ulcer and there's you know, problems in my brain. You don't know whether that's a God thing or not until God kind of demonstrates through others that it might be him. And I remember coming back and we met with that group that had been coming by the church every month, you know, and I remember uh, one gal, Janet McMahon, who's uh, one of the co-pastors at Restore Community Church here in Kansas City. And she got up and she shared her story about how passionate she was about that. And she said, well, if Westside Family Church was the first church in Kansas City to get to movement like this, I'm going to be the second one to stick my flag in the ground she's awesome she is shout out to janet shout out to janet mcmahon so anyway that became like this is real this is real 50 disciple making movements in kansas city by 2025 and then like that's chapter two of this thing here comes chapter three i'm down to at exponential the following year and the theme is dream big dave ferguson is back up on the platform again this time not at a regional setting but a national setting and really global at that time and he tells the same story about being poking in the chest and he said guys if you've ever heard this before shelve what you thought was big and dream big again I was like, there's no way my dream could get bigger than 50 disciple making movements in Kansas City by 2025. But I opened myself up to it at his challenge, and it was just that quick. 50 cities with 50 disciple making movements by 2040. And I pictured myself, I turned 73 that year. I pictured myself old, (laughs) old man. Uh, That's actually 20 years from now. That's funny. No. Yes, it is. 20 it years is. from now. It's 2020. On my 73rd birthday, blowing the candles out after hearing about the 50th city just hitting the 50th movement. So that's just kind of been the goal. Again, I wrote it on the napkin. Rob happened to be sitting right next to me Rob. again. And uh, he said, that's it. And so that's what that's the dream. That's how the dream happened. That's how it started. It's And if you think about it, I would just... I just pursued the challenge that Jesus put on me to multiply disciples with one group. I, you know, followed that, it happened. And then we, in obedience to that, hit movement in my church. And then in obedience to the next step was invite other people to do that. And then <laughs> all these things happen. And what's crazy is, you know, if you can if you can do it in your setting, then you can share it with others. And that's what this whole thing's based on. And so we figured if, if God would lead us to actually hit the 50 disciple-making movements in Kansas City, we could train another city on how to do it. So that's what we're trusting for. That's awesome. And to anybody that's listening here that needs any encouragement, I think my dad hit it home pretty well, but it wasn't this big idea that he said yes to right away. It was a small act of obedience to God. And I think, I don't think I know that as you continue to say yes, he gives you more responsibility and greater um, reach of impact. And so I just think that's awesome. It's not this huge thing. It's small active steps of obedience over time. Yeah. So that was in 2010 that you had your 50 movements no that was uh 2015 and 16. 2015 and 16 okay so that was five years ago how are we doing today it's 2020. well just like you know when you start to make disciples it's a slow start that eventually multiplies we're still in the slow start part of this Uh, and part of that was just you know figuring out am i going to stay in the local church or am i going to step out and do this full time and we needed the technology to to help support it well uh, we've got uh, seven churches that we know of that have hit movement and are still hovering we got others that are really starting Uh, here's our plan we want to help those churches 
that get to movement, get to movement through that cohort process that I just kind of described. And in the process of leading people through that cohort, we will recognize people that could lead other people through those cohorts. And we're going to call them coaches. They'll go from, from being a church leader to being a coach that coaches other churches. Some of those coaches will have enough leadership chops and the passion to do this that they want to multiply those coaching cohorts in their area metro areas, regions, whatever it is. We've uh, designated a term for that. We call them catalysts. So our job ultimately at the Disciples Made team here at the headquarters is to coach as many people as we can in their churches to be successful at leading toward movement. Identify the people that are the early adopters and raise them up and give them partnership with us to use our coaching cohorts to help raise up more and more. And then ultimately, we'll serve the catalysts that serve the coaches that serve the churches. And that's how this thing will scale out. 50 cities, 50 movements. By my 73rd birthday. You're an old man. (laughs) I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was our final bonus podcast. No more bonuses. Episode. I know, so sad. You guys don't get to. <laughs> wow, <laughs> don't get to be blessed by my presence on this podcast. We'll go back to just editing, but we are so excited to dive into season two with you guys. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>